0: Uh, but Christmas, we've, in our last piece of this series, we've called Simple Christmas. Because Christmas can be complex. If it can become something other than what it was meant to be. And Christmas is simply about God giving to us. We are celebrating the gift given to us. We come together. We get our families together. And even in our acts of giving, we are reenacting this gift of love that God has ultimately given to us and the, <clears throat> that we are simply about God giving to us and the love that he has for us. Love has to be connected with Christmas. You take love out of Christmas, and we, what kind of a weird, crazy time of year is it? You, you remove love, you take love out of this, and all of a sudden, you look on the outside looking in, it makes no sense unless you inject love. It makes no sense that people would go and, and endure them all the way it was yesterday unless there was an act of love. It makes no sense of sitting there planning all year long and rat-holing a little extra money so that you can have this little kitty of money so you can be a blessing during the year because we know none of us want to run up our credit cards this time of the year. Well, none of us want to do that. So we're all planning all year long, right? That's what we're doing. And... Um, and so, uh, but we, we're, we're doing things that outside of love make no sense at all. And the truth is, is that love keeps Christmas fresh. You know, a lot of times we can do the same thing over and over and over again, and it begins to get stale. It begins to get routine. But why is Christmas, at least in, in my experience, it's fun every year. It's, in, it's exciting every year. It's fresh every year. And the reason is for me, it's because I get to spend it with the people I love the most. They're off from school. I get to take a break from going into the office. Everything shuts down and chills, and we just get to be with the people that we love the most. Love, folks, is what keeps Christmas fresh. See, I love it this time of the year that you drive around, and you go through different neighborhoods, and we see the little manger scenes. We see all of those different things. And there's the world, there are neighborhoods all around are filled with plastic Jesuses. Little plastic Jesuses lit up, all nice. And I appreciate that. I I appreciate the Nativities. But I'll tell you what, we want to make sure that all those plastic Jesuses point us to the flesh Jesus that lived and died and it never becomes about something else. You remove the love of the act of what he did for us and what that's about, and all of a sudden Christmas becomes plastic it becomes stale and nobody enjoys nobody enjoys stale i gotta share this story before and and um i, I got a, a living example of this when i was about 10 years old and uh my uh, dad had uh, gone to uh the the pantry and got him some some doritos the old school doritos the ones in the yellow bag and um so they still make them everybody gets the nacho cheese but i'm talking old school doritos and he made some nachos with the remnants of the bag of uh doritos gets the cheese puts it on there does it right sticks it in the oven not the not the microwave they got an oven, so he gets everything just right. He gets out his, his nachos, and he's about to eat them. And I'm like, oh, yes, I want some nachos. That's awesome. I'm going to go make me some nachos. And I go, and the pantry is empty. There are no Doritos. You, all you end up with is melted cheese. doesn't work. You need the chips. They're vital. And so, so I'm like, man. And so I'm sitting there, and I want these nachos big time. So I decide I'm going to buy them from my dad. So I'm like, Dad, I will pay you a dollar for those nachos. My dad, he sees, yeah, I, I fine, I, you know, he's always been generous. He'd probably given me the nachos if I asked, but if i want to give him a dollar, he can take it. And so, and uh, so he, uh, I, I go around my room, I scrounge up a dollar, I bring it, I get the nachos, I have the nachos, and I eat the nachos. <sighs> they were honestly, they were disappointing they are they were stale they were old they were the little crumbs the only reason they the cheese luckily like glued a bunch of the little pieces together to make a whole nacho and so because there wasn't whole chips left and it was it was just a disappointment and then just about five minutes later i look and there's my dad has got a brand new dill of nachos in front of him i'm like dad what's up with this he said there was there was a brand new bag of Doritos at the back. You just didn't look very good. You just didn't like Dad, come on, I want those nachos. And I want my dollar back. Cause I was buying stuff that I thought didn't exist. That was ba- that's, that was based on supply and demand, was that price? I didn't know there were free nachos in the house. And uh man he I had to eat my step nachos <laughs> and uh stuck with uh it was down a dollar and now I remember that obviously to this day remember that you always want the authentic you always want the fresh you always want the best we were desired for that and anything less than that leaves us lacking what i was wanting out of the experience was never fulfilled if you remove love from christmas you can go through all of the exteriors of christmas and get on the other side of it and be unfulfilled but you have love in the middle of that. You have love in the middle of that, and you can remove everything else. And you get exactly what you should out of the time. You got to have a conversation with a, with a man this week who, who <clears throat> due to some unforeseen things, was not able to spend a holiday with his family last year. And then this year, all of a sudden, the holiday was very different because it's been a very tough year. And he's sharing with me and that his son was like, Dad, I don't care that there's not gonna be anything there under the tree. I'm just glad we're together. am like, oh, Jesus. Oh, if we could all if we could all get that. If we could all get that, Christmas would be everything it was it's meant to be. Cause then you add all of the other pieces and it just it's just seasoning on The real thing, which is a a feast of love. That's what it's really, really about. It's about God's love for us and the good news of what he's done. Luke 2 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you when you'll find the baby. Wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. I bring you good news of great joy that'll be for all people, not just the nation of Israel, for all people, for all of us, that a Savior has been born. See, the first gospel presentation took place right there on the first Christmas. Jesus is there in the flesh for the first time, and the gospel's going out. That God is here. His favor is towards us. He loves us. Please, at this season, do not feel like somehow God's mad at you or he's pushing you out. I don't care what the rest of the year is like or the rest of the, the, your life has been like. God is not sitting there mad at you and wagging his finger at you. He is doing this. He's saying, come to me. I love you. I've sent my son for you. Please don't feel disconnected from God. He, is, he, he, he went from heaven to earth to reach us. See, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. This is a celebration of love that God so loved. Not just loved, but it was this deep, impassioned, had-to-make-a-move-and-do-something kind of love. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, folks, the greatest expression of the meaning of Christmas is to simply love. You know, uh, uh, people who are outside of Christ, they can do whatever they want to with this holiday. They will do whatever they want to. But for Christ followers, folks, we have to be about love. That's what this season has to be about. That we need to embrace that and understand it. Otherwise, things will, get, things will get hijacked. Things will get messed up. we got a bunch of kids in the house today. How many of y'all are looking forward to opening some gifts? You excited about that? Woo! That's fun. I always love that. How many of y'all have, have done some gift squeezing? Anybody squeeze a gift or two? Yeah. Anybody do a little bit of gift shaking? Anybody do some gift listening? What's it doing? Sit there, weigh it, see what it feels like. You've done all of that. Anybody, have you smelled your gifts? Wow. Okay, y'all are going too far with that. Y'all need to dial it down a little bit. Going too far. But mom and dad do a good job. It's not like the LL Bean commercial where you—it's rap, but you know what it is mom and dad do a good job where man they wrap it and they obscure it and you don't know exactly kind of what's in there in fact we had to take ours to the next level and and uh, when we put ours out out under the tree early we find we've got a two-year-old and ain't nothing coming out till it's time to open and uh it's not happening everybody everything's staying hidden she'll open up anything that's not nailed down and um and so but in in times past and in times future we'll do it again but we've even had to put codes and stuff on the gifts so they can't even try to figure because they got smart enough that they were like well if you put this and this and this you, well this is this is mine and i've got what i've asked for and this is what i've wanted and they're sitting there, and, I, and i think this is for you and i think man we started putting codes on it's not names so i always like to have fun with it and i put a code that's crackable. So if they're really smart, they could bust the code and they could figure it out. If you're if you're witty enough to get to to take me on mentally, come on now, Uh, I'll let you win. You're not gonna do it, but go ahead. And so, and uh, of course, I'm going up against ten-year-olds. I hope I win. You know, that's a ten-year-old Keenan's leading the pack. So, and um, anyways, but the whole purpose, the whole purpose of that, is to obscure the gift, is to keep it. Well, you can't figure out what it's all about. The whole purpose is to obscure it. Folks, you and I, as believers at this holiday season, we're to be the exact opposite of that. The church should not obscure whatsoever what this season is about. We should radiate love to the point that everybody sees that, man, from the churches, from believers' perspective, this is about love. We shouldn't have it all covered up and people will go, Open it up and go, wow, I never knew that it was about love. I never knew church people were about loving each other. No, it shouldn't obscure it at all. It should be right out there. In fact, if we were going to put a, put a wrapping on it, it would be one of those clear soul fame bags where everybody could see exactly what's on the inside. That it's about loving and caring for one another. <coughs> Jesus <coughs> tells us, a new command I give you, love one another <coughs> as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Colossians 3, Paul is talking here and he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That describes them all, right? <laughs> Whatever. I tell you, it's a good place to just get in a fist fight. You're not seeing any compassion, kindness, humility, or patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And here's the kicker. Here's what it's all about. 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. Folks, all of us are hard to love. All of us are. All of us are. Some of us think we're easier to love than others, but it's not. We're all hard to love. We get on each other's nerves. We're selfish. We do all these different things. How do we stay together as a body of Christ? We have to love. We have to, we have to be committed to it. We have to go the extra mile in this other. We have to love each other deeply. Because a surface kind of love isn't the, enough to keep us together. We're too hard to get along with. We just are. So we need a deep kind of love. We need the kind of love that only the Holy Spirit can bring about in our lives. So real quickly, as we shut this down, I want us to keep this in mind, okay? First off, let every gift be a gift of love. Let every gift be a gift of love. Please don't, don't do anything out of obligation. I know sometimes you've got to do something at the office, and ah, I've got to bring this stupid thing to the office party. Find a place in your heart where you can turn that into a gift of love. Pray in advance if you have to, but let every act of giving be a gift Of love. 1 Corinthians 13.3 says. If I give all my possessions to the poor. And give over my body to hardship that I may boast. But do not have love. I have gained nothing. We make him provide everything for the people who have asked things of us. But if we don't give them love. We have missed it. We have missed it. Let every meal. Let every meal be a feast of love. Sometimes at this holiday season, that can be the stuff we're, we're most anxious about. That we've got to go to that family holiday deal, and, and cousin so-and-so is going to be there, or aunt so-and-so is going to be there, and it's going to be painful, and I'm going to sit at the other end of the table, and, and hopefully we're not going to have to, to stand next to each other in the buffet line and getting all that stuff, and it's not looking forward to this meal. Folks, I, in, in advance. We don't want to obscure, as believers, we don't want to obscure what this is about. Let's get our hearts right. Let's get ready to make sure that every time we sit down together that this is a meal, that this is a time of breaking bread together and being a place of love. See, Acts 2, 46 and 47 says, Every day they continue, this is the first church, the early church, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts, And they broke bread in their homes. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This is one of the marks of Christ followers. Is getting together, having a meal, and just enjoying it. Just enjoying it. In fact, in Middle Eastern cultures, if there's division and tension, they will not eat together at all. Because it's a sign that we're in agreement. And if we're not in agreement, I'm not going to eat with you until we're in agreement. Let's make sure every feast... Every meal we have together is this feast of love. Let every carol, let every carol be a song of love. Let's not just go through. I love the passion and with what we have had this morning as we're singing these songs, and that these Christmas carols were not just these perfunctory things that we do at this holiday season, but they were acts of worship. That's an act of love. That is beautiful. We need to carry that on. Psalms eighty-nine, one says, "I sing. I will sing of the Lord's. Great love forever with my mouth. I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. It's what it should be about. And then last of all, we want to make sure that as we use this phrase, let every Merry Christmas be a declaration of love. Merry Christmas becomes just this kind of a a thing you say in our culture. And it's honestly, you know, in the little church world and and, uh, politically correct world, um, it's even become this little battle line. You know, and I, I shared with you all a couple of weeks ago, I was checking out at Lowe's, and, you know, and I told the uh, lady, Merry Christmas, and, and uh, she, you know, she told me, you know, that's I'm just, what I'm saying, no happy holidays for me, I'm saying Merry Christmas, and she was, she was intense about it, that was great, there's, 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 there's nothing wrong with that, she was passionate about it, we're not going to have it hijacked. But so many times we can say it and not understand the power of what we're really saying. So let's break this down right quick. I think it'll rejuvenate us and make us excited about it. At least it'll make it more personal. First off, the word merry, we don't use that word. In our culture, we use it at Christmas. We don't say, Woo, how you doing today? I'm quite merry. I'm feeling merry. How you doing? Well, I was merry, but now I'm kind of sad. We don't use the word Mary. So, therefore, we begin to forget the power of what it means. Mary, I looked it up, okay? First definition says, full of cheerfulness, joyous in disposition, or spirit. Joyous in disposition. Does that sound like something maybe the angels said? That I bring you good tidings of great joy for the whole world. This is going to make you happy. That is what it means, being of joyous disposition, being excited, being being happy. Of course, the next is Christmas, but that's a two-part deal. We have Christ, which is our Savior, our Messiah, the Anointed One. Our Savior. So we have Christ. And then we have Mass on the back end of it, which comes from like the concept of the gathering like a catholic gathering catholic mass it was the christ mass this time of the year and so what does that even mean what is what does mass if you're if you're protestant you don't know it's from the latin word missa which (coughs) comes from mission or ascending so here we go we put all this together we have mary be joyous Be excited. Be joyous because the Savior has been sent. Merry Christmas. Be excited. Be full of joy. The Savior's been sent. Every Merry Christmas is a declaration of the gospel. Every Merry Christmas is the truth. That we can be excited because Christ has come. Because the one that bridged the gap between our being so messed up and God being so perfect. That Jesus came and he did death for you and I. That he, he was able to live the life perfectly when you and I can't. And we can make our, take all of our sin and shame and put it on him. And we get his righteousness and glory in exchange which isn't fair but it's awesome because it could be no other way that we are celebrating that every time we say Merry Christmas every time we say it 1 Corinthians 13 one, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but then I have love I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal and then of course the last verse of 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 13 the love chapter now these three remain Faith, hope, and love. Faith is important. Hope is important. But the greatest of these is love. Sometimes, this time of the year, as we're dealing with people, maybe we don't normally deal with. Maybe as, the, as our financial position isn't what we wanted it to be, there can be disappointment, there can be frustrations, there can be all these different things. But, folks, I'm telling you, love can overarch all of that kind of stuff and bring and let us. Celebrate this the way it's supposed to be celebrated. What a joyous time for us to remember that we're, we can be right with God not based on what we've done or pledged to do but based on what Jesus has done for us. It's awesome. It's awesome. Christ has come. But as we close this down, I want to create a moment here that if you're here and you're like, Brandon, I, 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 I'm understanding this truth, maybe for the first time. That Jesus didn't come to whip me into shape or tell me to act better. Jesus came because he knew that I was stuck in my sin, and he came to save me. And if that's you this morning, then I need you, <coughs> this is your opportunity to say, Brandon, I believe it, and make it your own. I'd appreciate it if everybody would create a quiet moment, nobody looking around.